0: Welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Tune in to a live discussion at 3pm UTC every Friday on Bullproof's Twitter Spaces. Hi everyone, welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Here we discuss the most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers and remarkable personalities. My name is Tina. I'm from the BullCrips team, and unfortunately, our co-host um, Constantine was not be able to join us today. But hope to see him on the next episode. So let's begin. Um, today's topic is the metaverse and the revolution of e-commerce, and we are excited to introduce our special guest today, Travis Wu, co-founder of High Street, a brand new MMORPG that makes every Shopify-powered Um, store, a virtual shop in the gaming world, allowing physical-only merchants to gain hybrid exposure into a grown digital assets market. He's also a founder of Lumia VR, a virtual reality business with initiatives in the United States, Canada, and China. Travis has advised over 20 startups to date and uh, is a seasoned investor in the DeFi and metaverse space. We're also proud to share that Travis is one of the contributors to our Metaverse report released by Gamespad. So this is a lot going on. Thank you so much for coming, Travis. How are you today?
1: Hey, like I said, it's a bit early, but, uh, you know, happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Great. Okay. Um, Okay. So let's begin maybe from this point. Um, You know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. I know we're gonna discuss a lot of stuff. I know you have a lot to tell us and share. So our audience at first, we're always eager to first know what's your background, you know, and how you have entered the VR and metaverse space.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I started like many people in computer science, uh, biomedical computing to be exact. Uh, so definitely a far cry from the metaverse. Um, I've always had an interest in virtual worlds and the ability to live in perpetual game worlds became a, a big interest to me during my my studies. Um, and, you know, so prior to starting this, I had computer vision company that merged uh, real world and virtual worlds together, as you mentioned, Lumiere. Um, And with High Street, you know, we're basically kind of figuring out how do we create the most immersive experience possible with the current level of technology that we have today. Um, you know, for our more advanced users, uh, we have native virtual reality support uh, with compatibility with things like Cat VR's omnidirectional treadmill and also haptic feedback vests from like the Haptics. Uh, we can build for all these things in mind. Uh, just so the you know more more adventurous users can have all the things they have. Uh, you know, their homes plugged into into High Street, uh, but of course, with the limitations of of hardware, um, you can't really have a Ready Player One experience. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, I think one thing that we might be able to to, to achieve today in, in the sci-fi, uh, I guess, projected futures is commerce. Um, all the elements that constitute a good shopping experience is something that we, we do have today. Um, and that's kind of why High Street focuses so much on commerce and retail right now.
0: Okay, that's very amusing you know it's always so thrilling to hear various individual stories how they began their journey and i'm pretty sure yours will be truly inspiring to the majority so thank you for that uh you know i recently read that um according to gartner 25 percent of people will spend at least one hour a day um for you know in the metaverse for work or education or shopping or social media by 2026, so it means that the commerce will likely blossom in the metaverse space. What is your vision of the current state of um, commerce in the metaverse?
1: Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think within Web3, most people are pretty comfortable by now with the idea of digital asset ownerships. Um, however, you know, I think most of that came from the desire to flip for profit. A lot of people got into the space and bought NFTs and stuff like that. Cause they think they can make more money <laughs> by selling it for a higher price um, to, to someone else. Um, and, you know, this is not to say Web3 users don't hold sentimental value for their NFTs. In fact, I think as the market, uh, you know, goes south and, you know, things are a little bit harder to sell. uh, People have generally actually started to develop a a stronger connection with their assets. Um, You know, they start to hold on to it more, they spend more time with it, uh, and and therefore develop some kind of emotional attachment to it, just like they would a physical product. Uh, So similarly, however, though, you know, downturn of the market basically means it's harder to pull new users in because, you know, likewise, they also need the ability to flip in order to first get attracted and and enter the space. Um, Thus, I think the idea of digital asset ownership is still vastly foreign and alien to the general public. Um You know, the reason why digital assets is so important to us right now is because I think they bridged a the gap between, you know, digital ownerships and, uh and what we have today. So, you know, if your digital items or your, your NFTs or your, 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 kind of in-game assets are pegged to something physical, then it's easier to see value in it. And I think that's kind of our take on how do we bridge the gap from the general public to becoming more crypto native um, and also just, you know, in in general understanding what it means to own something digitally.
0: Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. You know, I also heard recently that e-commerce giant Amazon that we know of, has incorporated early metaverse technology into its marketplace they released an augmented reality shopping tool named room decorator which Mm -hmm. allows people to use their phone or tablet to see Mm -hmm. what furniture and other home decor would look like in their space this is mind-blowing so i'm super excited this is so fascinating i cannot wait so yeah i mean
1: that has been around for a long time. Like, IKEA has been doing that since, you know, I would say, 2016. Um, but the idea is, you know, I think, like, tiny little AR tools where you can pop up on your phone to essentially place an object or place a furniture and things like that. This is not new. Um, this is kind of computer vision based tech using SLAM to identify areas where you can fit a 3D model that's scaled in real life um, or, or, or life, sc- life scale. <clears throat> and I think, like... You know, to, to call that a metaverse is definitely a far cry from it. This is simply, you know, a camera overlay trick. Um but you're right, you know, I think as bigger companies and kind of e-commerce giants, um, tech companies alike start exploring with the you know peripheral technology um of using these VR AR technologies, um, I, I think like perhaps um the general public will catch on and get used to these things and eventually as headsets become more proliferated, um, the entry point into the metaverse will become clear.
0: Yeah, that's right. Correct. Agreed. Um, Okay, Travis, in your opinion, so brands have always been striving to create cohesive experiences between e-commerce and stores and social media, as you know. How does the metaverse help resolve this today?
1: Yeah, so for us, um, we have three main models of commerce in High Street. Um, The limited edition marketplace that most people are familiar with uses the bonding curve. Um, And this model essentially is ideal for celebrities and influencers who have a large following um, and can use this platform as a way to launch a new brand or product line. Uh, Since buying and selling moves the price in real time up and down a quadratic curve, Um, This means that we have automated price discovery for the brand, but also, you know, a a method of ensuring liquidity for the buyer. So it's not like an NFT where you get stuck with it forever. You can always sell it. We can't guarantee the price you sell it at, but you'll always be able to sell this product. Um, You know, we also recently launched a collaboration with 8Bit and department stores around the world. And, you know, this is kind of like a metaverse portal concept. We target a general public uh, who might have heard of NFTs, but aren't quite sure how to jump into the space. Um, you know, with special tags on clothing items, allowing regular shoppers to claim unique digital items within High Street. That's basically a process to guide people into minting their first NFTs, as well as using it within the Metaverse space. <clears throat> so that's kind of our our other method of interacting with with brands and stores. Uh, and finally, we have you know, it's something also for our existing Web three users who are already in the Metaverse. So basically, uh, combining it with a gaming front end uh, with on chain kind of payment elements, we. We kind of built a built a plugin on top of e-commerce uh, infrastructures like Shopify. Uh, so later this month, we're going to unveil High Street Campus, and everyone will basically get to try this out. Buying a product within uh, any of the stores in, in, in campus is essentially going to cost you high tokens. But behind the scenes, we're actually uh, directly paying out these merchants on Shopify into their uh, into their dashboards with with fiat. So uh, it, it's a new model that essentially allows us to scale. Um, to all Shopify storefronts, which I think, you know, over like 60% of e-commerce is powered by them or something like that. So, uh, something we're, we're pretty excited to, to kind of test out and, and roll out with. Um, and yeah, you know, like that's kind of how, how we set up the basis and the backbone for transactions and commerce. But of course, you know, as we have all these layers done, it's all about building more brand experiences on top of it. We call them attractions. So. You know, any brand coming to us is essentially kind of like building their own Disneyland in a way. Um, you know, attractions that make sense to their brand story, um, you know, that intertwines with our lore. That's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, so, yeah, it's vastly exciting. And, you know, we're hoping to, to establish some kind of standard of, of working with brands, you know, as we as we progress in the next couple of years.
0: Very interesting model. You know, I'm pretty sure our audience is uh, keeping up with high street. So I'm pretty sure they're super excited to see, you know, what you guys are about to like come up or or you guys are about to come up with right to the market. What's what's the next move and everything. So we're excited to hear that. Um, Okay. so the next question will be, um, as we can see, like retailers should seriously consider adopting the metaverse, a recent survey by. Google shows that 66% of people say that they're interested in using augmented reality when they're shopping. You know, that's pretty much what we just discussed. <laughs> Moreover, Shopify revealed that interactions with products that have 3D content showed 94% higher conversion rate than those without it. So people are, you know, super interested and they're keen on the idea of using um like augmented reality while shopping. Please tell us why customers might love shopping in the metaverse so much.
1: Um yeah, I mean like you can look at the overall evolution of shopping. So I don't I don't know about the 3D assets and 3D components uh, that you mentioned because obviously if I go on Amazon and I want to buy a product and you only give me a front-facing 2D view of a product, I'm probably not as inclined to want to buy it. But if you tell me what it looks like on the back and the side, then most likely I'm a little bit more confident in, in, in this product you're, you're selling. So I don't think that that has anything to do with the metaverse exactly, but you know, I totally understand um, you know, what the stats is trying to point out. Um, I think shopping in the metaverse comes from a, from a different angle. Um, if you look at the evolution of shopping, uh, traditionally you had malls. And decades ago, some smart people came up with the idea of curating a bunch of stores in on one building, and all of a sudden, people flocked to that one location, <clears throat> and modern shopping was born. Uh, you know, Restaurants started popping up, theaters and stuff like that around that hub, and that became a place that people gather. It's a very social element. You go to these shopping malls to discover new brands and new products, like an adventure. Um, <clears throat> but then with the rise of the internet, with, with, with Web2, essentially, you know, Amazon gave... One, one swipe checkouts to everybody, which means you don't go to the mall anymore. <clears throat> you type into that little search box what you want and within a couple of seconds, you're done shopping. So we kind of removed the entire social and adventurous element of shopping from that um, equation and I think the metaverse is kind of bringing it back in. We retain the same efficiency as e-commerce-based checkouts, right? With crypto, with one click, with whatever it is that you have set up in your wallet, you're done. <clears throat> you can make payments. Um, And, you know, shipping information is saved and all that stuff. So it's actually quite easy to... To um to kind of see the future of virtual shopping, uh, but the, at the same time, because it's an in-game world, it's something that you can go with friends. You can travel to to vastly different worlds, whether it's a shop underwater or flying in the sky. You can go with friends to adventure, you know, discovering new brands and stuff like that. Um, you know, virtual try-on is hassle-free. So you know, in a way, I think like we're gonna bring back this social element of shopping that was so prevalent so many years ago uh, back into the equation of of retail. So uh, that's probably where I see most excitement coming from for brands as well right you know before a lot of big companies luxury boutiques and stuff like that you know they come up with all these ways of, of customizing and curating a shopping journey for for their customers and all of a sudden with e-commerce you love the playing field for a bunch of other brands um, but then you, you you find it hard to differentiate again um, so with this you know i think you finally 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 uh, can you know leverage the power of e-commerce plus uh, differentiate with with a curated shopping experience for your for your uh for your loyal fans so so that's kind of what i see
0: yeah that's that's cool you know all i can add to this question for myself is that i absolutely hate physical shopping (laughs) this is so time consuming and just unbelievable as a kid i used to hate it too because you know because it was taking so much time but yes i do believe that the metaverse can easily resolve this problem by allowing you to buy things after viewing them in the this huge three dimensional space you know you can estimate the benefits of this clothing you're about to buy and helping you it can help you decide whether it's worth buying or no within minutes you know and what's the coolest thing about it is that you can do this without the need of leaving your house but at the same time yes i completely agree with you as to the socialism so i mean <laughs> social aspect of this um this is this is you know this whole process of shopping is much more pleasant when you're with your friends you know, you guys are like having fun and hang like hang out and all that so yeah that's that's interesting um You know, although many leading brands like Samsung, uh, Coca-Cola, Gucci, and Nike have already started building shopping experiences in the metaverse, many of them stay away from this innovation at the same time, like other brands, right? So what are the main um, roadblocks for retailers on the way to metaverse, in your opinion?
1: Mm, yeah, so I think the fixation of large brands is a bit of a mistake. And, you know, a lot of startups tend to like paying a lot of money for these brands to have a presence on their platform or, you know, collaborations with them and stuff like that. Um, But if you think of you know the metaverse as a movement and VR, AR technology, for example, as a tool um, and technology to revolutionize commerce, um, then you should really be focusing on smaller brands, boutique brands, new brands uh, that will leverage this movement to join the ranks of these blue chip companies or even surpass them, right? Uh, the bigger the company the slower they move. It's obvious in every single industry. So chasing after them for validation um, is kind of going against the principle of innovation in the first place. So to balance in both. Um, Big companies will do it for PR and obviously um, famous companies uh, will do it for money. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I think like at the end of the day, um, try to build something that's actually useful that the next generation can use or up and coming brands can use. I think that's probably something that um, we should be spending more time on. Um, So yeah, that's kind of uh, my, my take on this.
0: Got it. Thank you very much. Okay, and I'm pretty sure um, the last the, the last question I want to ask, right, um, before we continue with our community questions, is um, please share us share with us what brands and projects have inspired you to build e-commerce experiences in the metaverse. Yeah,
1: so well, I guess like on a, on a. Brand side, I, so I really like Shopify. Um, the democratization of e-commerce, so that anyone can launch a store or something like that, is is super empowering. And I think um, that's probably why we choose to integrate Shopify first. Um, the backend system they set up um, that's plugged into so many e-commerce uh, platforms out there is just such a strong tool. And for us to be able to kind of identify a plugin that we can build connecting to High Street uh, through there is is something that that is a no brainer for us so yeah I really really like what they're doing um <clears throat> on the gaming side you know i i really enjoyed playing maple story growing up it's a super wacky game that essentially put all the things that don't belong together together and it's an mmorpg game it's very 2d but um you know we kind of as we build our world you know in 3d we kind of have that in mind um and a lot of it is definitely inspired by <clears throat> kind of the storytelling that uh, we've enjoyed growing up playing that game. So that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of the big inspirations behind the two components of of High Street.
0: Right. This is very cool. Um, I myself can remember playing in my childhood. You know, only this game Sims, if you remember,
1: and yeah, yeah of course.
0: it kind of like I don't know. It's kind of a synonym to metaverse. I I remember being I remember wanting to be there with them you know with all those people and um, just shopping with them or living life with them basically because it was so easy you know you could just buy a car for in a second and you know all problem solved okay thank you very much Travis for sharing your vision and experience with us Um, now it's time for our community to write all your questions you guys in the live chat please feel free um, and let me check what we have for now. Okay, so the first question is from Raphael from YouTube. As an early metaverse adopter, what do you want your legacy to be when you retire? When people talk about it years later, what are your primary accomplishments in the metaverse space? And what future goals do you have that seem so far away but one hundred percent determined? There's so many questions at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for people like us, uh, we don't think about retiring. You know, we, we we don't we don't we don't retire, we just keep building. Um and a reason is just because there's always something else to build and there's always something that's unfinished and incomplete. Um I think like it's always about a trajectory and a vision. Uh, we all have seen sci-fi films, we've You know, we've looked at Ready Player One. We've looked at, um, you know, things like Sword Art Online, and that's kind of like a world that everybody imagines the metaverse should be. We're not there yet. Um, So before we get there, I think there's always more and more room for improvement. And even after we get there, there's probably a few things that we could fix here and there as well. Um, For us, right now, in the short term aspect of things, I just want to do commerce right. I just want to make. a standard for shopping within, you know, a a virtual gaming world, right? How do you tie a brand's um, kind of product and and core values into the existing game lore without making it sound like advertisement? Um, How do you perpetuate a shopping experience that, you know, intertwines the actual physical items that the brands are selling uh, directly with the in-game experience, right? How do in-game items connect to physical products? Like these these are all questions that we're experimenting and testing with right now. And our hypothesis, you know, tells us that this is the right move. But you know, we have to really validate it through testing and, and actual users. So we're kind of excited to just be able to do this first. Um, in the long run, I think like, you know, we're all passionate about all the peripherals that you know, are being sold these days, whether it's haptic feedback gloves or you know, vests that, you know allow you to feel all the bullets when you get shot in virtual reality. We love this type of stuff. And we're really hoping that we can establish, you know, systems where everybody at home or, you know, VR arcades or something like that um, allows you to plug into high street, fully immersed and, you know, to, to give you a second, um, you know, a a second shot at living a fantasy life or something like that. You know, I think um, in the long run, if we can provide this experience for everybody where you can live, You know, infinite lives, uh, so to speak, then, you know, I'd be pretty thrilled.
0: Yeah. Um, Thank you. Okay. We have a next question from Capital Hodel. Captain Hodel, (laughs) are you expecting a dramatic change in people's online shopping experience in the upcoming years? If so, what will be the main reason behind this forthcoming shift? Like, you know, as we were talking about Mm -hmm. the social aspect of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think like people's shopping trend has been changing all the time. Um, I think the biggest catalyst for that shift is definitely the pandemic. Uh, we've seen uh, how many people convert to e-commerce, right? The older folks who are never really shopping online became addicted to Amazon and stuff like that. We saw that from just the numbers rising, you know, ludicrously through through the past couple of years. Um, so I would say it has already changed and, and you know, I, I've seen how... Crypto shopping looks like, right? You look at OpenSea and you look at how people click away and just, you know, look at look at the floor, look at what they like, and then you know, people are just just essentially clicking two, three buttons, and because it's in Ethereum, you abstract away from the dollar amount, and you know, all of a sudden, buying becomes becomes this, <clears throat> this thing where, um, you know, it's almost like spending casino chips, right? You don't, you don't realize you're spending actual money. Um, so I think, you know, within the metaverse world, is very similar. If you're using high tokens or, you know, later we have an uh, in-game currency called Street that we might launch kind of soon this year. But, uh, you know, essentially <clears throat> when you start looking at these things and spending these currencies, you don't really remember or notice that you're spending money so i think that's probably going to be a very dangerous but big shift in in shopping behavior <clears throat> um another thing is when you buy in-game items that's actually tied to a physical good so let's say you buy an armor but that's actually a sweater in real life um that's also kind of be that's also going to be something interesting right imagine the psychology behind it okay i'm buying this in-game items but i'm guilty about it but actually no it's a physical product i actually can use it in real life therefore you remove that guilt so that back and forth Uh, you know within your mind i think is also a big game changer you know every time people buy skin in the game i think it's exciting at first but then you always have that guilty feeling afterwards like what am i actually doing uh but then if you if you if you provide a physical element to it then you know i think uh i think that also changes things so yeah i am expecting big changes Uh, i don't know how fast but we'll see how fast we can build right yeah
0: correct like stay self-aware and conscious of (laughs) What you're buying because, you know, just to make sure like it grows, you know, in value with time so that you, you have any ideas what to do with it furthermore, right? Um, we have a question from Octavian Roska from YouTube. What is High Street's yeah. approach to keep the chain as less congested as possible in terms of digital minting? At what point is the minting done?
1: Yeah. Um, it's a super good question. And if we do a drop, it's congested. It's just, it's just a thing that happens. So instead, um, for most of the products that we're doing, you don't actually mint when you buy. So all the in-game items in high street are actually off chain first. They're just in-game assets and they sit in your inventory. Um, now you can just use it for free in the game. You don't have to mint it. You don't have to do anything. Um, and it just sits as in-game assets within your wallet or within your inventory. Sorry. Um, and the moment you want to trade it, uh, on a secondary market elsewhere, uh, you can drag and drop it from your inventory into your wallet. And that action itself is what actually mints the token. Uh, and likewise, when you bring it back into high street, obviously, you know, we just register it in your wallet and there's some validation process. Um, you know, sometimes you want to trade in game, you might have to escrow it. But besides that, um, honestly, we remove the congestion by, by just, uh, you know, having everything done off chain. Now we'd like to see a decentralized MMORPG at some point, but like you said, um, <laughs> the congestion is a problem. The speed is a problem. Um, great tool, great ledger. Uh, but yeah, there's just um, you know, not a lot of things we can do right now um, immediately to solve this issue. So uh, we'll probably keep watch on you know how the future of, of blockchain technology works, but we're in a business mostly of of metaverse gaming and virtual reality and stuff like that so um fixing ingestion problem uh, from from a layer 1 standpoint probably isn't going to be something we focus on
0: got it well we hope it turns out well for you <laughs> guys oh yeah yeah um the next question is the wolf slayer from youtube when do you think P2E will start to roll out, and by that, I mean the way that players can live in high street full time?
1: <laughs> um, wait, sorry, can you repeat that question one more time? Like when or?
0: Okay, sure. Uh, when do you think P2E, play to earn, will start okay. to roll out, and by that, I mean the way that players can live in high street full time?
1: I see, um <laughs> so playgiarons is gonna be rolling out uh slowly, so um, what I would say is we're gonna start small, and there's a few things we need to test out within the in game economy as well, so um first, I think like we're gonna release small batches, maybe in furniture plagiarons, so, for example, you buy a punching bag, but that punching bag just transforms into a monster, and you can battle this monster, um, you know, daily to, to earn our money. Um, and essentially how that works is you're actually testing in-game mechanics for us. We have a lot of combat system that we have in, in, you know, internally right now that we're testing, but you know, nothing's really polished enough for us to, uh, show with the public. Um, you might've seen some videos with like archery and stuff like that. That's really simple, but you know, we have punching as well. We have like brawler type you know, skills and uh, all sorts of weird things that we're building. But the problem with that is, you know, I think like, um, Right now we're struggling really hard to combine browser based experiences plus virtual reality. And, you know, we, we built a really cool experience for VR, but then all of a sudden it doesn't quite work for browser or maybe it's just unfair. So if someone's firing an arrow by pressing the space bar, um, you know, and, and someone else has to, you know, draw, pull back and shoot and release in virtual reality, it doesn't really make a very fair gameplay. does isn't right. So there's, there's a lot of things we're, t- we're tackling right now that requires actual testing, um, you know, from, from the wider audience and, and, and seeing how things will actually play out in, in, in the real world. So what we're doing right now is, um, basically, releasing these furniture pieces uh, that you can you can purchase and it'll sit in your high street homes, and you can just play. Um, and as you play, you earn. But at the same time, we're gaining knowledge on how people actually use these kind of game mechanics. Uh, that's that's pr- pro- probably how things will start. Um, beyond this, though, like I think like um, the MMO component, where you know you have monsters to attack and stuff like that, probably some somewhere around spring next year. Um, you know, we have a bunch of monsters being created, and I think we'll release. Uh, you know. Bits and pieces of it, um, you know, during the High Street Campus release, you know, Halloween events or stuff like that, we'll start teasing things here and there. But I think, like, um, until the entirety of High Street City or at least two or three districts within High Street City is kind of built out and released to the public, um, we probably wouldn't do too much of this. Um, it's just because you have to balance the amount of stores and shops. So, you, have, you know things to buy and things to purchase and, and, and ways to advance your your skill tree and stuff like that uh, before any of this makes sense. So you know MMO is a, is a massive, massive uh, feat, right? It's probably one of the hardest games to build in terms of functions and systems. Um, and you know, uh, <laughs> we're trying our best to keep up with delivery and content updates to the community, but it is a really, really tough task. So um, you know bear with us. Uh, we will have fun things for everybody, but to fully live in High Street, um, I would say, you know, give it a year, um, you know, that's, that's, that's at least our current roadmap. Um, we have two or three regions released and, you know, high street city obviously completed uh, abundance of brands moving in rotational stores and stuff like that. So you can keep buying new things. Uh, we have a lot of food and beverage um, companies in, 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 in our arsenal right now that we're discussing with. So we're hoping, we're, we're hoping that, you know, besides buying clothing and stuff like that, you can also buy food to sustain yourself in real life. So uh, it's something that we're working on, but, um, you know, it's a good question. We're excited for for bringing that to everybody for sure.
0: That's so fascinating to hear about the furniture and food and everything. That's so cool. Um, okay. I guess I'm um, not sure how... I mean, how much time we have left but let me ask you the next question who are the biggest sponsor and influencers in your metaverse at the moment
1: uh wait say that one more time uh that's yeah, my internet keeps cutting out here and there so I, I always miss like two three words
0: it's okay it's okay who are the biggest sponsors and influencers in your metaverse at the moment
1: ah uh, okay um i think like sponsors and influencers is a it's is, is a bit of a strange world it's like kind of, it's kind of like asking you know world of warcraft who their biggest sponsors are um i mean we fund everything ourselves so we don't really seek outside sponsorship and stuff like that um we have a lot of big kind of brand engagements so we don't focus on that right now we're gonna announce you know a batch of it probably near the end of the year just as our event space is ready because um we're doing like conferences and stuff like that with, with other people but um you know, in general, uh, we're, everything we do is, is self-made, self-built. Um, we don't really, um, you know, look at sponsorship packages and stuff like that. We're just kind of building it ourselves. Um, I think we have done enough um, over, you know, the last probably year in crypto. Um, I mean, obviously, compared to like Sandbox and the Central and we're quite young, we're only about a year old. And I think like us our journey towards listing, you know, on Binance and Coinbase and stuff like that did require a lot of influencers. Uh but I think like, you know, we have an arsenal of 150, I think, in our in our pockets uh still. And they basically just retweet here and there. I wouldn't say that there's like a biggest also, like Mr. Block, for example, uh, is is a big influencer in Asia. You know, we have Lark Davis, who's who's always been been super supportive on 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 the crypto side and in more of the Western sphere of influence. But um, you know, it, it's hard to say kind of who the biggest one really is. Um, maybe if you ask our our community team, they can tell you. Uh, but from a from a product standpoint, I haven't really been privy to understanding those numbers in 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 quantifiable means. Got it.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, so we have. Still have some questions left and they're very um, i love them honestly but unfortunately we have to wrap up thank you so much travis anything to announce anything to plug in
1: um yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm happy to be here and you know everyone is is asking some great questions comparatively to other communities, so I I thoroughly really enjoy this. Uh, but I think like uh, announcement wise, we do have our IHO coming up um, for for Animoca, so that's pretty exciting. Um, it's a it's a big RV. I actually tried to th- I wanted to stream in from the RV today, uh, but my, my internet just keeps cutting out for some reason. I, I don't know what's going on with with Canada right now, but. Um, Yeah, the RV sales coming up. It's it's really fun because, you know, you have different models uh, powered by different power sources, solar, electric, crystal, and stuff like that. And within it, there's all, like, luxury leisure rooms. You know, you have an ice ice room or or a sensory deprivation tank of all these fun things that you can enjoy in virtual reality um plus you know on the browser if you want to just show your friends um so you know definitely stay tuned and follow that um on top of that you know campus launch is coming up soon um we're going to start a big campaign uh starting from the 6th uh, to do a big countdown and um yeah this is the first time there's no nft gates or anything you can just come in um no home ownership requirement um and, and yeah, you know, this is the first time people can see the high street lore and, and the, the city in development in real time and stuff like that. So, uh, we're excited to to push that out to everybody. So yeah, stay tuned for that, and and you know, we hope to see everyone there.
0: Sounds incredible. I hope our audience you know keeps it in mind and goes for an action. Thank you, everyone, for joining Bullcaster today, a crypto talk show with our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. Listen to us at 3pm UTC on YouTube Live every two weeks. Thank you so much, Travis. See you next time.
1: Awesome. Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. Stay tuned with Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls.